Uh, I think I've not been recording like this entire time of my <gasps> stuff. For reals? Yeah, I just looked over and it was stopped. Oh no. But I don't know why because I haven't touched it. Maybe you didn't touch it to begin with. <laughs> no, I did because I'm at like eight minutes right now. Oh. But I looked over and I was like, it's not going. Yeah. Why? How long have we been talking? I have no idea now. 16 minutes. Oh, good. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. I'm <laughs> so through. happy right now. This is my day. Nothing that I said had substance because I was the only one talking. Oh, my <laughs> God. always. We missed the part where I said, I'm Veronica. I'm here to fuck shit up. We talked about ponies. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone's tired of that. Talked about my daughter saying everything's chicken, chicken beef, chicken pork, chicken, chicken. Mm-hmm. We're here to catch you up on everything that just happened because all of my sound, my <laughs> thing stopped recording. I swear I did not touch it, too. It wasn't important. It's fine. It was not <sighs> important. It was very important. Everything Veronica says is very important, guys. And you know Never. this because we listen to it. Never. Mm-mm. And it's true because produce. And Veronica is a magical pollinator, too. She pollinates her own plants. Pollinating And makes them grow. Now they're, now they're giving yeah. me fruit, yes. Because she's spicing it up here. Literally. Oh, God. Someday I will have technology <laughs> figured out. Today is not my day. <sighs> it's just been a crazy day. <laughs> not surprised not surprised that this would happen today after everything else too it's fine it's fine it's fine anyways okay jen i'm gonna i'm just gonna talk (laughs) murder now (laughs) okay because i'm ready for your murder story i'm ready for my murder murder i have um a story i saw briefly on dateline i say briefly because uh, it got like the kids woke up and I had to shut down the TV and then I couldn't mm-hmm. find it again because it was like one of those live stream um, episodes oh, of Dateline. Okay. And then, Jen, I'm really bad and I don't have sources for this because, like I said, I wrote it out um, like a week ago and I didn't put my sources at the top of the page and I already closed out <laughs> everything. So I'm really sorry for not citing my sources. Um, That's okay. But I have a good story. Um, So today I have the case of Julie Kibuishi and Sam Hare. So I will start with Sam. Samuel Hare, born 29 May 1983 in Los Angeles, California, was an only child who was the center of his parents' universe. He was a young, very handsome uh, army combat vet who had served a tour in Afghanistan. And as we've discussed in the past uh, episodes in the early 2000s, it was very rough. And so Sam showed uh, signs of PTSD upon returning uh, back home to the OC. Uh, But nonetheless, Sam, he was an outgoing person. Um, He wanted to take advantage of his GI Bill and go to school in the hopes of actually going back into the military, but this time as an officer. So, you know, he served for a few years enlisted. He's like, I'm going to come back as an officer, make that extra cash, (laughs) be very, very important in the military. So Mm -hmm. he was going to school. So on Saturday, 22 May 2010, Sam was supposed to meet his parents at their home, but he never showed up. So Sam's dad, Stephen, 
he calls his cell phone and no one answers. And of course, you know, this worries both parents because it wasn't like Sam to not show up with without letting his parents know. He was very close to both of them. He was an only child. He was very close to both of them. So this worries, sorry. So then Stephen decides to drive to Sam's apartment and check on him. And using the key that Sam had actually given him, he like walks into the apartment. He looks around like the living room and the kitchen. Everything looks pretty clean. Nothing out of place. Everything normal. He notices like some mail on the on the counter and there's like a wedding invitation uh, for his downstairs neighbor who's getting married soon. Nothing out of the ordinary. But then he like walks into Sam's bedroom and that's where he discovers a woman laying on Sam's bed. And she's deceased from a gunshot wound to the head. He immediately gets on the phone with 911. Yeah. And um, the body was identified as that of Julie Kibuishi. So now I'll get into Julie a little bit. Julie Kibuishi was a 23-year-old Japanese-American born 14 February 1987. So she was a Valentine's Day baby. Uh, She was born in Orange County, California, and she was a graduate of Orange County School of Arts, where she honed in on her passion for dance and really all things art. She was still living at home while she attended Orange, um, Orange Coast College, where she was studying fashion design. So she loved everything art. And she was going to make it her career. She was described as kind of a like a free spirit, very talented dancer and very, very smart girl. Very kind girl, like will like gives you the shirt off her back kind of girl. So Julie meets 26 year old Sam um, in her anthropology class. Sam was struggling in this class. And so Julie's like, hey, I can help you all tutor you. And they became fast friends. Julie really took to like, um, really took a liking to Sam and described Sam as a big teddy bear. It was all very platonic, nothing romantic. They were just really good friends. So Friday, 21 May, this was the day before, Sam's dad discovered Julie's body in his apartment. Mm -hmm. Julie had actually gone out to dinner in Long Beach with her big brother, Taka, where they were celebrating that he was getting married. So they're, you know, having dinner, celebrating, and Julie's future sister-in-law asked her to be a bridesmaid that night and gifted her with a cute little tiara, which Julie immediately put on, and she wore it for the rest of the evening. Yeah. So during the celebratory dinner, Julie receives a text message from Sam in the text, he says that he's downstairs at his neighbor's house or his his good friend whose in wedding invite um, was on the counter because he was getting married. His friend's name is Dan Wozniak, and he tells her that Dan is kind of freaking out about his wedding uh, to his fiance um, named Rachel Buffett. Uh, he's telling Sam that he's short on funds and he's in debt because of the weddings. Um, so he tells Julie, I'm sorry, Sam then tells Julie in the text, he's like, I'm helping him out. And then I'm headed to my parents' house for the weekend. This was all in a text. So mm-hmm. a few hours later, Julie receives another text from Sam where he asks her to come over. And it seemed as though he was having a rough time now, like himself. And he needed a shoulder to cry on. And Julie being a caring person, the caring person she was, she couldn't not go and comfort her friend. So, however, 
the text were a little weird. They were like, hey, come over. I need a friend to talk to. And they were punctuated with no sex. <laughs> yeah. It mm. was like, come over. No sex. I just want to talk. Okay. No sex. I promise. Like that. That's yeah. So Julie weird. was like, what the fuck? Like, why would you even <laughs> say that? You're like my brother. She was like, what is this? This is so weird. Um. So yeah. then she lets her brother know what's going on. She's like, hey, my friend, you know, my friend Sam, he's having some issues. I just want to go talk to him. And I think it had been known what Sam had was going through with the PTSD and they had known about his past. So they were like, okay. Um, so she like says goodbye to her brother and, um, and present company and she takes off. And according to her brother, Julie texts him when she arrives at Sam's apartment saying, quote, uh-oh, doesn't look good. And then crying and then like a, a end quote and this is sad uh emoji face attached to it mm-hmm. so when police start investigating the crime scene clearly it's murder i mean she was shot they discovered that julie has something written on her back um on her back written with a black sharpie marker the words all yours fuck you are scrawled across her back so that's what she had written on her on her sweater, she was wearing like a gray cardigan and it said, all yours, fuck you. Wow. Yeah. So now, of course, the police are looking for, you know, Sam because he's mm-hmm. the the person that lives in that apartment. And they they read Julie's text from the previous night and they believe Sam may have lured Julie into his apartment, shot and killed her, and then fled. His passport was missing and his car was not in the car park so they're like Hmm. this guy killed her for whatever reason took off goodbye so to the police this is a no-brainer right he did it sam's the killer especially considering yeah especially considering sam's past so let's go there real quick jen ready okay this is very interesting sam in his younger years had gotten in action or in, he had actually been arrested and tried for murder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Sam had been accused of having lured a friend to a parking lot where gang members killed him. So Sam himself was not part of the gang, but he did hang out with many of its members. And from what I read, one of the gang mem- members was like found dead in a river and they believed a rival gang was responsible so they uh, retaliated sam allegedly picked up the rival gang member suspected of having killed the other he drove him to a parking lot where he was brutally beaten and stabbed to death sam did not participate in the act itself but he was the last person to be seen with the victim sam however was acquitted and exonerated the whole trial is like a bit questionable but that is for another episode. I don't want to get into that because I, I really did not look into that that much. But he was acquitted for whatever reason. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. Um, and then so the following morning, morning, Julie's mother discovers that her daughter did not come home from dinner. This was not like Julie to just not come home. 
So she, you know, she's like, why didn't she tell me that she wasn't coming home? She's getting worried about her daughter. So she begins to call and text her. And also her friends are doing the same thing because they're not getting any answers from her. And then Julie's mother had contacted them. She's like, where is she? Everyone's super worried about her. Um, she's, I mean, and they were, they were worried about her because Julie has always kept good acquaintances. Like she's not one to keep bad company. But now right. that she's missing, it's like, where could she have gone? So after the 911 call, Stephen had placed, this is Sam's dad, and then Julie's body was identified. The police show up to Julie's house and inform her mother that her daughter has been found dead with two gunshot wounds. Uh, Julie's mother cannot believe what she's hearing. She's like, why, why my daughter? Like, why would anyone want to hurt her daughter? She was the nicest person ever. And like I said, she didn't hang out with anyone that would that could possibly do this to her. Like, what kind of foul play did she get into? So Sam's parents refused to believe that their son had anything to do with Julie's murder. So Stephen decides to follow his digital trail. He's like, I'm going to do some digging of my own. I'm going to look up like his cell phone and his bank records and all that. And he looks up the bank records and they share because they share a bank account. Um, Sam had actually saved like a bunch of money from his active duty time. So he had saved up like $62,000 and Stephen kept an eye on it, I guess. I don't know. They just had a joint account. So Stephen sees that there have been quite a few withdrawals from the bank account and he begins to like case out the ATMs listed on the bank statements. Um, as he's pulling up to one of the ATMs, he gets notice of another transaction that just took place at a pizza place. So he hops in his car right away and he drives over to the pizza place in hopes of seeing his son's car. He's like, maybe he like ordered a pizza and he like, I could catch him before he leaves or whatever. But he comes up empty. There's like no sign of his car or any, anything or any sign of him around. So now the police are doing the same thing. But they have access to like surveillance videos and, you know, from the from the ATM cameras and all of that. And so uh, in in one of the videos that the police acquire from four different locations in a Long Beach um, in Long Beach and two pizza places. So a couple of videos. Sorry, I said one. Um, there's a young man that is not Sam making mm. the withdrawals. Yeah, it's a kid. <laughs> it's a very oh. young kid, yeah. And he can be seen, okay. um, he's the one seen in the videos, in the ATM surveillance videos, draining Sam's bank account. And he's making uh-huh. withdrawals. So no yeah. one knows who this guy is. No one recognizes him. The pizza place uh, transactions end up being actually a delivery. So with a delivery, they have the address, right? So now I mean, police... Hopefully. Yeah, so now they think that with having the address where the pizza is being delivered, they think that Sam is hiding out there or that this kid is helping him. So the police plan a raid of the house and inside they find Wesley Freilich. I hope I said that right. Freilich, he's a 16-year-old boy and he's munching away on his freshly delivered pizza. Wesley is the kid seen in the ATM footage. The police begin to question Wesley and quickly realize he is not the murderer. 
but they think that Sam could be hiding out in his house. So they search the house and they come up empty. No Sam, but Mm. they do find his ATM card. So why did Sam have, or why did Wesley have Sam's ATM card, Jen? Simple, Jen. (laughs) Okay, ready? Here's something crazy. Wesley's mom met a guy at their local community theater. Wesley became good friends with this guy. Who was this guy, Jen? Who? Dan Wozniak, Sam's downstairs neighbor. His broke downstairs neighbor. Oh. Oh. Dan Wozniak was a community theater actor who was engaged to Rachel Buffett, also a community theater actress. Dan did not have a full-time job and was always struggling for money. So Dan gave Wesley Sam's ATM card. And he told him that Sam owed him money and he had access his ATM card in order to get paid. This okay. poor, poor gullible child, I swear. I know. He believed everything Dan was feeding him. I mean, he was older. This kid was 16 years old and Dan was older and he's like, well, he's an adult. Um, yeah. And he was, you know, he was just, it was sad. So he was feeding him by buying him pizzas in exchange for withdrawing money. And he made him believe it was completely legal. He was like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally legal. Like he owes me money and I have his ATM card and his pin. It's Okay. And he showed him yeah. some like bullshit paperwork for whatever reason. I don't know <laughs> to make it look more official. Who knows? And he, oh but he God. trusted him. That's my point. Like yeah. Wesley trusted him. So then when Wesley is withdrawing the money, Dan is actually in the parking lot in his car the entire time waiting as he watches mm. Wesley withdraw money. Yeah. So they repeat this uh, over the next few days and withdrawing just um, like $400 at a time, average $400 at a time. Yes. Now with this information, Dan Wozniak becomes a suspect in the disappearance disappearance of Sam Hare and also a person of interest who may know how Julie Kibuishi died. Yeah. Kinda yeah. All ties in. Because she was at Sam's house and Sam's gone and it's not Sam. Well. Yeah. Hopefully it's know. not Sam. Well, oh. let me tell you. Oh. Oh. We'll get into it. So the police want to bring him in. Dan is like, "Mm, nope, I'm too busy to be questioned about this murder and missing person. (laughs) And police are fed up with his lack of cooperation cooperation, because he's like, I don't want to. Like, I'm I'm busy. I can't go. I can't come say maybe another time. And so they go in after him. You know where they find him, Jen? Where? At his bachelor party. Oh, geez. Remember he was getting married to Rachel (laughs) Buffett. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's he's out with some friends at a sushi place. Uh, yeah, hard partiers. So police walk in, find the fucker. He immediately knows why they are there. Dan tells police that he will tell them everything that he knows because he is sick of covering for Sam. Dan is now oh. being interrogated, and mm-hmm. and in the police footage of him in the inter- interrogation room, <laughs> he's seen wearing what looks like like linen pants. <laughs> Ew, <laughs> linen yeah. pants. Yeah. And a light blue Hawaiian shirt. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yay. Let's party at the sushi restaurant, but also let's make it Hawaiian themed. Yeah. Real original, you (laughs) douchebag. Just hating on him. Um, And police are trying. So police are trying to piece together 
everything. Um, why did he recruit this kid to withdraw money from Sam's account? Where is Sam? I mean, he did say that he was tired of covering for Sam, so he must know where he is, right? Well, he denies knowing where he is. Um, during the interrogation, he's putting on like a performance for the police, basically. And he just seems super dramatic and over the top. I mean, he's an actor after all. He yeah, yeah. does, however, admit to having convinced Wesley of withdrawing money, making him believe that it was completely illegal. So he admits to that, that he did make him take out money. Um, so Dan tells police that the night of Julie's murder, he and his fiance had performed in the play when he, that he was in. They went back to his place. He showered and they had sex. I don't know why that detail is even fucking relevant, but whatever. The following <laughs> morning, he claims that Sam showed up at his door saying that things weren't good. Something bad happened. And Dan says says uh, Sam told him that he had a dead body in his apartment. Uh, he shot someone in a fit of rage. This is what Dan claims that Sam told him. And then Dan tells police that he helped Sam flee because he had threatened his life if he ratted him out, uh, but had no further participation. So he's like, oh, yeah, he threatened to kill me, but I didn't do anything. And police aren't buying it. So they actually tell him it's he's his acting is horrible, <laughs> which cracked me up because like his reaction is like, how dare you? How dare you insult me, a thespian? <laughs> it's like, you're bad. I am a community theater actor. I'm community great. theater. Famous. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like I said, police aren't buying it. And so, and they ask him for a DNA swap. And Dan reluctantly agrees to it. But you can see that he's a little worried. So that, so like, what does he do at this point? He changes the story. He admits to having been in Sam's apartment on that Friday night, you know, just in case they find DNA in the apartment. He's like, yeah, I was there <laughs> in case you find like something about me in there. And so police tell him that his DNA wouldn't just fall off of his body and onto Julie's like there has to be a reason. <laughs> and then and then Dan becomes angry and agitated, saying he had nothing to do with it other than what he has just told him. So police then right. ask him what he saw while he was there standing over her body as he claimed, you know, as DNA is just falling onto her body, <laughs> as he thinks. Because <laughs> that's how you work. That's how the body works. That's um, how it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he says he saw a dead body with two gunshot wounds to the head. And police were like, pump the brakes. How did you know that there was two gunshot wounds to the head? How did you know? How did you know? And so the police were like, there was only one visible gunshot wound that they could see. So now this ah. proves he was there when it happened. Yeah. Right? Because he said she had two gunshot wounds, but the police were like, when you walked in, there's no two visible gunshot wounds. You can see one for sure, but I guess yeah. upon the medical, with the medical examiner, there was two. So it's confirmed. So yeah, it proves that he was there when it happened. 
And like I said, they told him, your acting's not that good. (laughs) 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 I actually laugh every time. Sorry. Douchebag. So after he (laughs) went, um, after that, he was sent back to his cell because he's a suspect number one at this point, right? He, and he asked to make a phone call. He calls his uh, uh, fiance, Rachel Buffett. In this phone call, Rachel realizes that they are most definitely being recorded. Rachel tells him, I'm going to go to the police. And he's like, you can't do that. And she's like, your brother has evidence in possession. Um, they, he had a bag containing incriminating items to include the murder weapon. And he told <gasps> he the brother, Tim, had told Rachel about it. And he needed to dispose of the bag. So he actually went to her and he's like, I have this bag and we need to dispose of it. So now when Rachel's telling him this, Dan freaks out and asks her not to say anything because he's doomed if she does. And Rachel's trying to save her own skin and insists on going to the police to tell them what she knows before the police thinks that she's trying to cover for him. Um, so after 14 hours in police custody, he comes clean. Dan comes clean. And Dan, he tells police, That he did kill Julie, and he also killed Sam. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it comes out that Dan had been having financial troubles for over two years, and he didn't have the heart to tell his fiancée, Rachel, that he couldn't afford their dream wedding um, on the beach or their honeymoon cruise. He had no job and was actually facing eviction from his apartment, oh which Rachel lived in, too. So she had no idea that they were about to get kicked out of the apartment. <sighs> he told Sam all about this. And now Sam, being the kind person that he was, just like Julie, he offered to help Dan with the wedding. Um, it's believed that Sam may have told Dan about the $62,000 that he had sitting in his bank account um, that he had saved up. And that money was going to, like, he, Dan just thought that money was going to pull him out of his financial troubles. And that's why he decided to kill Sam as well. Uh, Dan tells police the story of how he lured Sam into the community theater addict with the excuse to help him move something. And uh, there Dan shot Sam in the back of the head. Sam is still alive at this point, he gets shot once and he asks Dan for help, saying, help, something fell on my head and it felt like an electric shock. Dan then reloads his gun and shoots him again. Oh my God. He then tells police that he dismembered Sam and they will find his head and <gasps> hands in the oh. attic of the theater. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, He also tells him that the rest of his body was dumped in the El Dorado Park Nature Center. He also tells police that he had fun while doing it. He admits it. The police ask him at one point, what were you, what was going through your mind during all of this? And he said, I was laughing because I really thought I was having fun and I was going to get away with it, basically, what he was saying. Wow. So, I know. It's awful. (sighs) So after the murder, Dan went to um, the rap party for his play he was in. Like nothing. He just showed up. He just killed two people. Yeah. And yeah. So police are baffled by his confession. They find the murder bag. Inside, they find Sam's bloody clothes, his passport, wallet, and the murder weapon. 
So, but now the question is like, why Julie, right? Why this poor innocent bystander? Uh, so Dan tells police that he was the one who texted Julie that night after he had already killed Sam. So Julie showed up to his apartment and found Dan, um, instead of Sam. And Dan was the one who let her in. And he was like, I'm worried about Sam. And they walked into his apartment, um, and they walk into Sam's bedroom and said, and Dan says to her, hey, did you see this on Sam's bed? So Julie faces away from Dan, leans over to look over Sam's bed to the spot where Dan had just pointed. And that's when Dan shoots her in the head twice. Oh, my God. He cut her jeans to make it look as though she had been sexually assaulted and wrote that message on her back with the Sharpie. Julie was still wearing the tiara her sister-in-law had given her. It's so sad. Uh, his plan was to make it look like Sam, our, you know, our war hero that was suffering from PTSD, mm -hmm. had killed Julie and was on the run. This would cover up the fact that Sam was actually dead at the hands of Dan and gave Dan an opportunity to steal Sam's um, hard-earned money, making it look like... You know, Sam killed Julie, Sam ran away, and uh, no one would question that, I guess, question Dan. Like, no one would know he even had anything to do with it, but they found out. So Sam's remains were found in the nature reserve, as Dan had stated. He had been transported there in Dan's backpack inside trash bags and buried in multiple shallow graves. His body was so unrecognizable that it had to be identified by a tattoo he had on his chest in the shape of a heart and written across it the words mom and dad which just broke my heart mm. uh his um his head was recovered from the attic uh of the theater but his hands were never found and uh, he would have been celebrating his 27th birthday on the day that his remains were found so, and then during the five-day trial, Dan pled not guilty, but they had enough evidence with the confession footage alone. After more than five years of court proceedings, uh, Dan Wozniak went to trial and was convicted on two counts of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to death in September 2016. Uh, Wozniak's brother, Tim, and his fiance Rachel Buffett, would also be arrested and not for murder, but as accessories after the fact. Tim right. Wozniak for hiding the backpack. Yeah. And uh, cops say that Rachel Buffett lied to them either to protect Dan or to cover her own tracks. She was charged with three felony counts of accessory after the fact based on allegations that she had lied multiple times to police investigators while awaiting trial. So Buffett, by then out on bail, made that appearance on Dr. Phil she was on Dr. Phil, and she was telling everyone she didn't know a thing. So on September 12, 2018, Rachel Buffett was convicted on two of those counts with the maximum possible sentence of 44 months. And on November 8, 2018, was sentenced to 32 months with probation. Uh, time served and good conduct. Buffett is expected to serve between one and two years in Orange County Jail. Julie's kindness and open heart was the biggest part of her personality and is remembered in that manner. Sam, however, escaped death in hostile territory only to find it at the hands 
of who he thought was a friend. And that is the story of Julie Kibuishi and Army vet uh, Pride First Class Sam Hare. Oh my god. I know. So sad. So crazy. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. We went all over this, the place with this that. asshole was like, I'm going to kill two people so I can go on my honeymoon. Yeah. Enjoy my honeymoon. You're already How? like, <laughs> you're already starting your marriage as a lie. If you're going to go ahead and try to steal money from somebody else. Yeah. And, and, and you haven't even told your fiance that you're dead broke and can't afford anything and about to get evicted i mean you're already starting the marriage terribly terribly like what are you thinking oh my god she had to have known something because how do you hide the fact that you don't have any money yeah if you don't have a job yeah does community theater pay i i genuinely don't know like do they pay you to i don't know to perform maybe but probably not very good and he's probably blowing his money on shit he doesn't need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I just don't understand how he kept that from her. I mean, Maybe I understand, like, it's embarrassing to be broke and you're going to get married and all this stuff. I, and, like, I understand that's embarrassing to, you know, be in. But it, whatever, get over it and let your fiancé know so maybe she can help you come to a solution. And get a fucking yeah. job. Postpone the wedding until, yeah, postpone the wedding until you can actually afford it. Yeah. Well, how about this? Don't go on a fucking honeymoon. Yeah. Wait to have money for the honeymoon. Yeah. It's okay. Ugh, people. I don't know why this was the logical solution for him. Why is it always a logical solution that we've come, we've come through these stories and it's always about fucking money? Like, the money is not going to make you happy. It yeah. doesn't make anything better. It makes things worse. Like... Just do it on your own. Yeah, and then the and then and then the fact that he like took his ATM card. He didn't think like, oh, they're gonna think that Sam is missing, but that you know, and he has all this activity on his credit card. How do you not suspect suspect that? Like, how do you not look into that? This guy was an idiot. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. He's stupid. And yeah. oh my god. Yeah, and to. Innocent people died. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. That's so sad. So sad. Mm-hmm. I know. Whoa. And, like, they were they were both, you know, so cute. And, like, she was really pretty. Like, they have, I saw pictures of her, like, dancing. And she was super cute. And then, I mean, he was, you know, your, your guy next door looking like he was tall and handsome. Mm-hmm. And this this fucking hobbit with a beard comes along and can't trust people with facial hair. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're hiding something behind the facial hair. They're hiding all their <laughs> secrets. Full beard and mustache. So their secrets yeah. are in there. That's why it's yeah. so big. A weak chin. That's what you're hiding. <laughs> it's a weak chin and jawline. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. Wow. All right, Jen. Well, thanks, Veronica, for that. Yeah. Very sad. Crazy story. I Took know. us on a ride. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> oh. Well, I just have a little info today, but before we get into that, we had talked about just acknowledging what has happened this last week 
and yes yeah the just the tragedy the military community has gone through i mean yeah most of us don't know these people uh at all but the fact we all kind of come together and understand right the tragedy that has happened as you know being part of the military yes and it's horrible <laughs> so sad it's shocking and you just hope it never yeah, happens but we don't have to know them to feel the hard hit it has on on the military community and uh yeah yeah yes yeah it's it's uh it's in tragedy and the ultimate sacrifice that our service members give to this country i mean more than anything you know you hear about these stories and how it's happened in the past and you just hope that it never repeats itself but unfortunately because of these situations in afghanistan we have come to another terrible time um for some of you a quick uh just a quick recap of what happened was there was a suicide bombing at the kabul airport abbey gate after the u.s embassy in kabul warned they had warned americans to stay away from the airport due to quote-unquote security threats they say this suicide bomb had contained 25 pounds of high explosives and um Mm -hmm. an average suicide vest contains just five to ten pounds so it was like it was they were there i mean that's already deadly enough but 25 pounds you're just yeah complete chaos yeah it was later said that isis then claimed responsibility it had killed countless afghanistan locals uh as well as injuring locals and u.s citizens um i'm just reading from an article that i found off of cbsnews.com right so yeah so we lost uh 13 service members service members that had died was navy corpsman maxton max w soviak he was 22 uh army staff sergeant ryan c noss he was 23 Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Darren T. Hoover Jr. was 31. Marine Corps Sergeant, okay, uh, jo- Johanny, J-O-H-A-N-N-Y. Sounds right. I think Johanny Ro- Rosario uh, Picardo, she was 25. Marine Corps Sergeant Nicole L. Gee was 23. Marine Corps Corporal Hunter Lopez was 22. Marine Corps Corporal uh, Dagan W. Page, he was 23. Marine Corps Corporal Humberto A. Sanchez, he was 22. Humberto. Thank you. Thank you, Veronica. Mm -hmm. Marine Corps Lance Corporal David L. Espinoza was 20. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Jared M. Schmitz, he was t- also 20. Um, Marine Corps Lance Corporal Riley J. McCollum, who was also 20. Um, oh Marine Corps Lance Corporal Dylan R. Marola, who again was also 20. Uh, Marine Corps Lance Corporal Kareem M. Uh, Nikui. Again, was also 20. Oh, these 
And that was so it. That no, so young, so much to live for, yet paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. And it's just, it's so sad. Um, I wish that's something that we could avoid. Uh, unfortunately, it's not knowing where they were and just the tensions that were surrounding it and everything. I just mm-hmm. they. Brave, brave, brave service members. No matter what, I yes, they paid the ultimate sacrifice. They were the bravest people that you can possibly imagine to just, I mean, go out there and help. <laughs> to mm-hmm. help. Yeah. Yes. I think, despite of your political views, we the American service members, all this, all the service members right now throughout all the world are there to help the mm-hmm. Afghan people because we can and because we should. Honestly, you can't go in to this country and meddle and meddle and meddle around. And we were there to help, right? We, we, we went in to help. And now that the troops are being all pulled out, why shouldn't we continue to help? Is yeah. what I think. Yeah. Personally. And these young service members have, like you said, paid the ultimate price. And it's it's so senseless the way they went with these people, these suicide bombers that are cowards and are hurting not only the military community all over the world but their their own people and their own country mm-hmm. and uh, i don't know it's it's such a difficult topic without getting too political yeah i'm just giving my opinion um but i think there it's like split down the middle it's like yes we're, we're happy that the that the you know that we're they're having the troops pulled back why? Because families get to have their mommies and their daddies back home and their brothers and their sisters and their cousins and their friends get to come back home, yeah. you know? But then it's like, we're leaving this country high and dry, fend for themselves after we went in there and tried to establish some sort of normalcy for the Afghan people. But then, you know, the, bringing them back the refugees um, and have people having reservations over that. It's like, well, how do you know you're not letting bad people in? And it's like, we don't. We don't know. And, you know, it's the same as not all black people are criminals. Not all Hispanics are illegal immigrants. You know, not all white people are racist. You know, not all Middle Easterns are terrorists. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's that sort of thing. And, you know, the United States stands for, you know, I mean, it's on the fucking Statue of Liberty, you know, to we are we will receive, you know, I don't know exactly quote for quote what it says, but we will receive you with open arms if you are in trouble. And that's I'm getting too political into it. Sorry. The thing is, our hearts hurt for those lost. And um, we've seen it. All over social media, I live in an area where it's very um, marine, marine dense. 
the population and we see it, we feel it. Um, we're with you for those of you that are, that are, um, maybe it's dredging up some old feelings from the past or just dealing with these new feelings. We're with you and we're here for you. If you guys need anything, Jen and I are always a good ear to, to lend out and listen to you guys, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I also like, I've seen on social media, a lot of like the restaurants putting out, you know, the, the 13 drinks yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I, I love Which that. Very, that tribute. Yeah. 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 Definitely. It just, it's like, oof, it's right to my heart yeah. <laughs> for someone yeah. like me who has no heart. <laughs> it gets me. <laughs> so yeah. 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 So we just, you know, we wanted to put that out there and, uh. You know, send our send our condolences to all all that were affected. I mean, we're all affected as a community, as a military community, um, but yeah. especially those that lost their loved ones, coworkers, uh, family members. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's there's just no words. You know, I'm sorry as just never feels good enough in a situation like this. But no, it's, no, yeah, it's um. We're here for you. I guess that's the best way to put it. Is yeah. We're we're all here for you together. And and we're like just on the heels of the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. Just another topic of discussion. Yeah. Um, another tragedy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if you if anybody wants to reach out and just, you know, chat with us for whatever reason please do so. We've put out our email many, many times and you guys should know by heart by now. (laughs) We're here for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If anyone needs to talk or anything, we're here. Veronica's great. She's got great advice too. She's just great at listening if you just need that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Of course. Yes, of course. So is Jen. (laughs) Jen's a great listener. (laughs) I try. All right. Well, in light of those events, we wanted just to make sure that that was put out there and, you know, acknowledge it and everything, and it's there. So with that, we're going to move on to our military topic. <laughs> yes. Okay, so today I just have a quick little um, thing. This applies to um, those of us who are overseas, um, in an overseas location, except not Alaska according to one of the memos i wrote i read so just so you oh. know this um topic is erd or early return of dependence also called an erod mm-hmm. depending on what branch you're in and all right. that and it doesn't apply in alaska it doesn't apply if you're in alaska yeah it's interesting that's weird okay yeah mm-hmm. so what is an ERD? ERD is a government-funded travel of dependents from an overseas location back stateside before the service member's tour has ended due to certain circumstances that have arisen. So some of these reasons for an approval of an ERD are medical, such as if you cannot get medical care needed where you're at and also, mm-hmm. as long as this problem arose after you had already PCS to this overseas location, it can't be something that was already brought in with you. 
It has to be something that arose after you have been here. Um, A death or illness to any of the dependents, specifically if the spouse passes and the children are left without somebody to take care of them. Mm. That warrants an ERD. Education or housing is inadequate for dependents. So the education side is kind of confusing to me. And it, but it says, like, if you're trying to seek some sort of degree and your type of degree that you're trying to get is not available where you are, that doesn't warrant you um, early return to states. Oh. Yeah. I think it just means just that there's not actual that. good education that you can go to but also housing is inadequate for dependents so it you know you're stationed somewhere and you can't find the right house you can't it's not about what you feel is not right it's it has to be a legitimate (laughs) reason that your housing is that inadequate it's you know i don't know yeah molding closet is not big enough yeah my walk-in closet does not walk (laughs) um no it can't be like superficial guys it's got to be like you know a big deal yeah uh let's see oh um also if it if it deems unsafe for the dependents to be in that location obviously you will leave um also if it's in the best interest of the service member due to other personal reasons such as financial difficulties Marital, uh, marital difficulties, unforeseen family problems, a death or serious illness to a close relative could warrant you. So if it's affecting the service member's performance at work and mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, the dependents can go back home for, then that's something they that will look into approving. Um, but... In any case, any of those reasons, it is a last resort option. You have to exhaust all possible options for the government to pay for you to go back to the stateside uh, before your service member's tour is finished. Hmm. Also, the process to get an ERD needs to be started before the service member receives PCS orders. So if you're overseas... And you want to get an ERD, you have to make sure that it is not after your service member receives PCS orders. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yeah, you have to start this process before they receive their PCS orders to wherever next duty station. Um, and if it's been approved, then you also must move before, again, before your member receives PCS orders. Because you're already getting paid to move. You know what I mean. It's... Yeah, yeah. Obviously, if you're having hardships when you're... Wherever you are overseas, like, I'm sorry. Sometimes, if it's beyond your control, yes, you know, do it. But if it's just because, you know, I hate this place. No. Get over it. You'll be fine. Sorry. Sometimes (laughs) I'm a little heartless when it comes to that. Anyways. So... Woohoo, you've been approved for your ERD. What's next? Pack up and go. <laughs> Bye. You got to go. <laughs> um, but yes, here's your entitlements. You the f- 
It's a full government-funded travel to include flight tickets and taxi services, but it does not include hotel accommodations. So you can't just go and try to get the government to pay for your fancy hotel in, I don't know, Las Vegas, if that's not where you're going. You know, they won't pay for that. Sorry. But flight tickets. I've never been to Las Vegas. You should go. It's really good. (laughs) If anybody wants to pay for (laughs) it. Uh, the government will not. Sorry, Veronica. Um, it's okay. Also, <laughs> and so with that, also if if you're at a time frame where you're leaving before your service members PCS time, but you know it's still getting kind of close, you have the option to do a full um, move with your household goods, or you can do a partial household goods move. Oh. Um. I don't know exact uh, amounts that you are allotted for these, but you do get Mm -hmm. um, a certain amount to get your stuff moved. So if you only move like half of your stuff, whatever is left, there's an allotment given to the service member for this is only how much money we're giving you to move the rest of your HHG. So beware of that. And also, you can also ship your... POV or your privately owned vehicle. But again, noted military only pays for one car shipment. So that is your one car mm-hmm. shipment if you're going to do it early. Your service member either doesn't have a car or he cannot ship, they cannot ship their another car. Mm-hmm. BAH, when you get back stateside, typically, you know, you go to home of record, but I don't think they can tell you you can't go somewhere else so say you know your home of rec you know service members home of record is not the same as where you yeah were living before and that's where you wanted to go because that's where family is you know whatever the situation you can go there and um, once you arrive to your destination bah will start you will get depend uh with dependent rate bah to cover your living expenses, such as, you know, like rent and everything you do stateside. And then your service member back overseas, they receive OHA, but they will then be cut down to the single rate OHA while you're gone. Yeah, so they can't continue to live in the house that they were before because yes. it's probably out of their means. Yes, then. exactly. So they'll probably be put in the dorms or find something smaller small, and affordable. Small, small house or move on base or, yeah, something. So, but you do, you do get to have BAH when you are ERD'd out. Another thing is that uh, is mentioned in there too is uh, trying to come back because you are ERD'd. Your command sponsorship is then um, voided. You have travel orders. You're oh. you are no longer command sponsored in that overseas okay. place. So you can go visit, but. You're not going to be command sponsored, so you won't be moved back. So you don't have all of those okay. entitlements, I guess. I guess you put it. But I want. Can they still? Can they still go to like? Can they still use like their Tricare? Yes, then? yes, yes. I mean, they still have entitlements because okay. you're still you're you're still part of the military. It's not you're not like divorced, um, which is another thing too. There's a divorce, you know, ERD after divorce type of thing. I didn't get into mm-hmm. that because. It's a lot of big words in my brain. It's a lot of big words. I didn't, I didn't know exactly what they were saying. 
But um, yeah. But with that, yes, you still. I mean, all those entitlements they still have. They can. They still have Tricare and everything else. Um, whether they're there or not, it's just the fact of trying to get your dependents back to that overseas location is pretty much a no go. So it's better if you have to go back ERD. I mean, I hope you don't, but just count on having to stay stateside until your service member is able to get PCS orders um, either stateside or overseas. And then things will kind of go back to normal. But once you have that ERD for that location, you're pretty much uh, cut off from having the government pay for you to go back is pretty much it. Right. That type of thing. Yeah. So. Basically, it's like, you turned your back on us, we're going to turn our back on you. Why don't you like it here? What's wrong with this place? <laughs> Unless they have a legitimate reason, then it's okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sorry, here's some like. What's happening? Here's some like crazy noises going on out there. My daughter is like, send me a oh. bunch of text messages. I know, I got my alarm went off. You'll probably hear it on, <laughs> on here. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think like, why is my alarm going off? I don't know. Go away. I already messaged you back. Go. Go. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I have. It's just very basic info on ERD, early return of dependence. Um, it's pretty much the same across all branches. They all kind of go yeah. around the same thing. Um, again, it's just like a more of a very last resort type of uh, option for you. So, okay. you know, exhaust those other options and I hope that things get better. If you are trying to get an ERD. Yeah. Very informative. I didn't know very much about it. I mean, I see it because we're overseas. So I see it every now and then. People requesting one. Okay. Good to know. Not for me. Yeah. Kyle stuck with me. Wherever he goes, <laughs> there I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, good to know to be able to pass on that information to others. Yeah. Need it in the future. Oh, okay, cool, Jen. Thanks for sharing yeah, that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Do you hear my children? Not anymore. They're very loud. But I probably will later. Yeah. <laughs> They're very loud. Yeah. Anxiously waiting to hear what they did at school. And <laughs> it's always fun to hear. I played with this person. This is what I had for breakfast. And this is what I had for lunch. Because they do get to go in and have second breakfast. Oh, nice. Do your kids go in for a second breakfast? No, my kids don't. No, they don't get breakfast here. They don't. No, I mean just at home. Sorry, guys. No, I. I mean I feed my children, right. but they don't get fed second time <laughs> at school. Oh, my kids live for it. They're like, we're gonna get second breakfast. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't realize that wasn't an option. I know. We, we, we don't have any breakfast here. I think they just have breakfast at the um Boo. before scare before scare. Oh my god, before school care. Before scare. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, this, these kids get to go in and have breakfast at like 8.20. And uh, so they, uh, like, I give them a little bit of cereal here just so I can get them off my back. Yeah. And then they go. I used to drop them off and now they ride the bus. It's awesome. And then they eat their lunch. And then my son doesn't like cheese sometimes <laughs> on certain things. So he's like, I didn't get to eat my sandwich yesterday. I was like, why? He's like, because it had cheese. And then I ran out of time. And I was like... 
what? So I was like, why don't you just peel the cheese off? And he's like, because it was like really in there. <laughs> he's like, it took me a really long time to peel the cheese off. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, why are you always disassembling your food? Why don't you just eat it the way it is? He's like, I don't like cheese. And I was like, I've seen you eat cheese sticks. You like quesadillas. You like pizza. You like sprinkled cheese on your tacos. Who are you? Oh. He just doesn't like them on his sandwiches or his hamburgers. Mm. He's so strange, that one. The cheese is so delicious. I know, right? That's what I told Kyle right now. He was, he had a little tiny block of like <laughs> the craft cheese. <laughs> it wasn't even craft. It was fucking whatever they saw at the commissary. Freedom cheese. Freedom cheese. <laughs> Freedom's mark. Yeah. Freedom's choice. What's it called? Yes. That's that it. one. And he was like cutting it up eating it he was gonna eat that cheese and i was like "Ooh, let's have cheese and crackers on saturday with some wine and he's mm. like yeah i was eating this cheap cheese <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's what i do I like, too it's, do it's the cheap cheese for me it's fine they have pepper jack so i'm i'm happy so yeah i did buy i bought a little wedge of brie because I, I fucking love brie and then we like splurge and we're like let's get some fancy cheese <laughs> and we got brie and then they got like a fig jam. Yeah. Oh, man. It was so good. Yeah. It was so good. I was like, take me back to Europe and <sighs> I can buy a wheel of brie for the price I paid for a teeny tiny wedge of brie. <sighs> there I go. My bullshit again. I'm going to stop it now. No more complaining. No more dependa <laughs> complainers complaining. No more dependa complaining complaining. <laughs> we can complain. No, We're allowed it's okay. to. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. It's fine. That's right. We can. We can do whatever we want. What are you going to do about it? Give me yeah. four stars. Fine. It doesn't matter. At least you're I don't rating care. us. <laughs> exactly. We know yeah, you're listening and you're rating. Yeah, so there you. we go. But I, you go. Yeah. You do it. But rate us five stars because you love us. And don't forget to su- subscribe. It's really hard Just to say that. Rate and us. share. Share it with your friends and your family and people all over the world. Yes. All right, Jen. I think I lost your, I lost your feed. Where'd you go? Oh, oh, there you are. I know. It got <laughs> it got really laggy now. It's like super pausey. Yeah. Technology I think it's time. It's the internet telling us to get off and give snacks to the children and see what's going on. I have to make dinner right now before I go teach my class because I teach at six and I have to leave at five thirty. So I gotta go do Ooh, fun. that. Yeah. So. All right, Jen. Well, thanks for your information. That was awesome. Yes. Thank you for your story. Yes. Anytime. We are here for you guys. Don't forget to, you know, like Jen said, write and subscribe and then email us at dependusplaining at gmail.com. Also Facebook, also Twitter, also Instagram. Yeah. All those things. Get at us. We love you guys. We are here for you always. Uh, we're here for your. Su- we're here to support you. Listen to you. Thanks for listening to us and supporting us. Um, we couldn't do this without you. So keep on listening. Keep on supporting. You know, I know COVID. Don't hug anyone, I guess. But if you have a good friend, go give them a nice squeeze, <laughs> just to tell them that you, yeah, you're thinking of them, because you know, yeah. we never know what's gonna happen next. But. We're going to be here for you next week, too. So, listen in. Yes. And don't forget that wherever you go, there There you are. are.
Goodbye. Goodbye.